so okay i'll see you later uh, today at five o'clock i'll have a q a if you have any questions about the group work or the individual work um i'm here at five it's not a lecture it's just a q a um because i just wanted to be available to you if you have any questions yes and i can say it's a good idea to put the the questions about the the, the lessons I have done, give them to me. Uh, what do you so mean? I, to me too? Where? Uh, the, if they have questions about the human learning on that part, it yeah. can be a good idea to give it to in a Q&A to me. Are you going to attend at five? I can do that, yes. Okay. So if you have any questions for any of us, <laughs> we'll be back. We'll yes. be back at five o'clock yes. in, in Norway, Norwegian time. Yes. Okay. Yes. See you. See you. And that makes it a bit different from the traditional teaching when we are teaching a group of people or like one-to-one -one teaching. So we're actually teaching the dog owner to be um, as interested. We are hoping that the dog owner will be as interested in dogs uh, as we are. But that's, of course, very unlikely <laughs> as we are all nerd, a little bit nerdy about dogs, aren't we? So it how is. do we do that the best way? How can we motivate the dog owner? The dog, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it's actually the most similarity, if I'm going to explain it, now I'm talking from a theoretical point of view, how your the theoretical approach to it is uh, not a practical, but you can actually compare the, the processes and what is happening mental in the dog owner uh, as if you're teaching with a interpreter or someone that is translating for you yeah it's nearly the same thing and uh, but the difference is that difference is that normally you don't it depends on who you use to translate the using to translate the teaching but normally the translator if it's a professional translator they don't have feelings and invested in in the the session but here you have a translator that has a lot of feeling invested in the session yes. and opinions and e egos and so on sometimes even very big egos yes uh, and so actually you're you can also say you're not teaching the dog directly you teaching the the owner to teach the dog mm -hmm. teaching through the owner yes so that's why we need to to know quite a lot about how to handle people as well yes and actually i i there's a question that's popping up now you're more experienced training dog training than i am with the owners and so on so what about how do you the, the, the problem where you, you want to, to show it something with the dog 
and you take the dog from the owner and, and show something with the dog, is that a good thing by your experience or is it a bad thing? Um, in my experience, that, that depends. Um, personally, I like to do the next Nelly stuff where you actually, um, well, that's a good question because we want to, to let the dog owner know the final, resort, uh, um, the final result, what we're doing. For example, recall, yeah? Okay. Um, I can show the dog owner the, how to do recall, but it will not be the same with me anyhow, because the dog will, most of the times, the dogs are very excited about the dog trainer because we are new to the dog maybe we even have a lot of treats we have a lot of exciting smells and they're very happy to follow us uh, for a recall whereas the dog owner is not using their body language or something the right way and the dog is more interested in us and other dog owners or dogs in the area so um i like to ex explain exactly what they're supposed to do when they're doing it i mean step by step so first you you um, okay, so recall was a bad um, example. Let me say walk on leash instead. Then I would explain to them how to hold the leash and I will make sure that the leash is, you know, in their hand the way I think it's the best way to do it. And then step by step what they're supposed to do in detail. Yes. Good. I just, I'm now I'm just thinking, could you show it with your own dog? If you have your own dog with you, can you show what you're meaning? The end yeah, result? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's the way to do it as well, that you take your own dog and you show the exercise to show the end result, to show. But then I still think that everyone needs step-by-step um, -step guidance of doing yes. the same thing. Yes, yeah, so... so yeah, that now we are talking about how you're planning the, the teaching that, that that's your you're planning with a when you're planning to teach some skills, uh, walking with a, a loose leash or something yeah. like that. You're mm -hmm. you're dividing the you have the goal. The goal is you can go with a with a leash in a smiling curve, and then you divide it up in in part goals in in steps to the end goal. Is that right yeah. mm -hmm. yes yeah. and and then you take one step of the time mm -hmm. one. yes but it's also very important to know that what's uh, what sounds logical to you is not necessarily logic to the to the person you are teaching because they never done it before oh. so it's something that you do maybe every day several times a day and this person is totally new to it so really you need to be patient and understanding that the person has not done it before it's very it's as simple as that really so that's why you and this is a practical exercise as well and i remember from when i when i studied myself the next to nelly method are you familiar with that jonas yes where you sit next to someone um and show them exactly how they're doing something. For example, if you learn knitting. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's very similar to dog training. Yes. 
and you but, might also got, need to guide them with their body language, you know, and so on. And if they're walking too fast and all these things. Yes. And that's um, my first thought is, and, and we know it, uh, <laughs> a video, uh, a good way to, to show the people how they are, instead of explaining what they are doing, yeah. show them a video. Mm -hmm. of themselves and today it's very easy everybody have phones smartphones with the cameras and so on so you can very easy film someone and just show them the film afterwards yeah. and then talk about how they they did mm -hmm. and that, you remember uh, things better when you see them and hear them at the same time obviously Yes, and, and when you're doing it, that you can actually learn something from it. Yeah, and, and I know by myself, uh, that was, uh, it was something about shooting. And I, I was convinced that I did the right thing. Mm -hmm. not, not before someone showed me a film of what am I doing, I can see, oh, I thought I was doing it right. I thought I was doing it the right way. But when I saw the film, I could see, oh. No, I'm not doing it the right way. So that's that's, a, that's even more dangerous, I think, than walking on leash with a dog. If you're not shooting yeah, the right way, turn it the, the gun the right way. <laughs> but why didn't you do it the right? Had had you seen a film? Had someone showed you before? Yep. Why no. convinced you were doing it right? Yeah, I just I think I have made up my uh, uh, yeah, it's my perception that I was doing it the right way. And when I saw it on the video, I could clearly see I, I didn't do it the same way as the instructor. It showed me from more times, you have to do like this. I'm doing it like this. No, you're not. Yes, yes, I am see. And I couldn't see it by myself, but when I saw it on the video, oh yes, I'm not doing it the right way. And there's so many practical examples of this. You can find it on YouTube how to like tricks how to open cans that are difficult to open you know and uh, all these kind of small everyday things that we think we're doing right there are tricks or even other ways of doing it like i can't i can't think of a, a, an example now but it was something about opening a box or a tube or something food and we all yes. thought it, we were doing it the right way but actually if you open it the other way around that's how you're supposed to do it. Yes. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yes. So, um, and I think a lot of dog owners, they already, they come to our courses and they've been, maybe they had dogs before, they had dogs for 20, 40 years or something. And they've yeah. been thinking they've do, done everything right. And it's very difficult or not, not necessarily very, but it's more difficult, I think, to undo a habit and to learn a new one than to learn something from scratch or am i yes. wrong uh, it's obviously and it's it's hard to unlearn old habits so yeah. how can we how can we help dog owners doing so um let me give you an example a dog owner this is very uh, common the dog owner is holding the leash tight or short, making the leash shorter because they feel they have more control then. 
Yeah. And this is a habit. They've been doing it for years. How can we help help him? Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I will start with is is find out because you say you was talking about they are feeling more in control. Yeah. And that's that's something about feelings. Uh, and we have the feelings and we have the cognitive, the, the logical thinking. And that depends on what is most dominate in, in the situation at the dog owner, in the dog owner. So we have to find out what is the, the, let's, the main problem there, there can be a lot of symptoms of the problem. The, one of the symptoms is maybe that the dog owner is holding the leash tight mm -hmm. in this situation. And so we have to find out the reason behind it. And if it's emotional, because they need to feel in control. We, okay, have, so, yeah. we have to work with the, the feeling of control. In so we beginning. know the reason, we yes. know the reason, but how can we do it? How can we help that person and work with their need of control? The need, of, the need of control. It is step by step again. I will, I will start to, to let them do something. Uh, you can say if not, if it's not hurting the dog or something, let them. To, uh, do it as they use as usual do yes and then tighten up a little bit and then try one one more time and ask them talk to them and hear the the feedback the the reflection part is very important um, and and let them feel the, uh, that this still is in control. Robert is writing in the chat, let yeah, them experience yes. it by themselves. Put, Put a, a leash. leash. What yes. Is yes, and that's, I'll, I will see you can do that in some situation. If it, if the reason is they just want to control the dog and they don't have any experience that is, the reason they want control, but then it will work probably. Then, then it could be idea. But if the situation is that someone have had a bad, bad experience, um, then it will probably be harder for them to to acknowledge. They know that it's yeah. hurting the dog, but they see it's more dangerous for mm -hmm. themselves and the dog if they don't have control. Yeah. So there you have to work uh, slowly forward. But it, if it's just because, uh, yeah, it's normal. I have always done that. Then you maybe can give them uh, an experience like this. But so it depends on the, the background for the owner, why they are doing it like this. What's that I answer, Lisbeth? Yes, and I really, uh, I recognize the fact that a, quite a few people do have bad experiences. Yes. Uh, even traumatic experiences. 
with having their dog hurt or something by another dog while walking the dog, for example, on leash or yeah. off leash. And then that makes it difficult for them to let go of that control because their instinct tells them that the same thing can happen again. Yeah, or, or in in Norway, we have uh, quite a strict rules uh, with the there's giving a lot of responsibility to the dog owner. So, so I can imagine that a lot. there's a lot of people that are afraid to lose control over that dog because then it will be killed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so they have a, a very, very big need to be in control. Uh, and there we have to, to work on learning how they can be in control and still have a loose leash. And that's where Robert has a very good point. Yes. Because they need to experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you have to make, you can do this in a safe area, for example, somewhere a fenced area. And then you can um, let the dog owner get the experience of how it is to walk on a loose lead and that they don't necessarily lose the control, which they think they do. Yeah. And they feel safe when they're doing it, because this is very, very um, important. Yes. And, and you have to give them often. It's a very good idea. So if it's emotional, they have a problem, the emotional part the part where they, they have to have the feeling of control. It have teach them different tools. Uh, so they can, they have a lot more than one tools to play on that also make them feel safe uh, in control. So if you um, let them, let's say contact sounds is one thing you can learn them. Mm -hmm. uh, contact sound and I don't know what else uh, recall recall yes and so if they have more tools that are good for the dog than the one alternative that is bad for the dog the, the chance they will turn to the alternative that is good for the dog is bigger yeah yeah and they be getting more and more confidence on the tools that is good. Uh, but when we're talking feelings, it probably is a very bad idea to make a clean cut. Then we are making a very, very big learning obstacle in the owner. How do where, you make a clean cut? Yeah, you know, if you're, let's, uh, the one, uh, I often mentioned problem is the one, uh, cheating from a collar to a harness. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of those I have talked with saying that the collar is to have control. Mm -hmm. Yes. So instead of saying, no, you shall not, you, you shall cut the collar now, then you're losing the, the, the alliance with the owner. Mm -hmm. And then they probably are not open to learn anything. So the goal is to get the owner to shift from a collar to a harness. Mm -hmm. so you have to take one step at the time saying, right, you can use, let's try. 
you can use a collar and a harness at the same time. Yeah. Then let them learn experience that they have control. Mm -hmm. Is that making sense? Yeah. Yeah. And that's so you don't, you know, by you probably know by yourself is you're forced out in something you don't, you're afraid of. Or disagree with. Yeah, or disagree with, or not feeling safe with. Then it can be very hard. Do. I, um, I have a question. The answer is no. <laughs> okay. Yes. The, what about the dog owners who, who, who do want the quick fix? And you can see that they're not listening to you when you're trying to explain something. You know? uh, yes, it's um, yeah, it's of course the best way is you let them know it's that in their benefit to listen to you. But how you're doing that is, I don't know if you are if you are referring to what we were talking about earlier, the the one where you we are teaching the, our methods and you have to you have to pay for that. Is that the way you want? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and that's, uh, I haven't, and normally we have talked a lot about um, that always students, when you're going to start to teach, there will all be, we always be students that know, think they know more, that yeah. is expressing, they are knowing more than you as an instructor. And they always want to talk about other methods, other ways to do things than you are teaching on a course. Yeah. That's Good that's yeah. that's total normal. That's happened on every course. How do you handle those people? Yes, Throw them out? and yeah, how 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 are you in doing? And the way I'm normally handling it is that, uh, and actually, if you are uh, a good teacher, uh, you're not going on that way to to explain why other people. Why other dog school is doing as they do? You are not in position. Actually, I'm not in a position to talk about how other people is teaching and why they are doing it. There, the student has to go to ask them yeah. for the first time. And the next thing is, there the students is not paying for learning why in other other people is doing how they are doing. <laughs> And why it's a bad thing or a good thing, why they are doing it. They are paying to learn the way you are doing it. Yeah. So especially in skill training, uh, I have done it a lot in in when I'm teaching in how to shoot. There's a lot of way to 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 do thing things. So I'm always emphasizing in the beginning that we are here to talk about and learn the way I'm teaching and talk about how others do it is not something we want to use time on because it takes time for what you're paying me to learn you. Yeah. And obviously it helps if you if you have your gun with you when you're saying this. that. Yes. <laughs> and it helps to have a German shepherd as well. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. But you can actually it's just actually what you're doing is adjusting your expectation yeah and you're actually closing 
the whole conversation down because there are no follow-up questions for that i think no so and and and, and then there's probably always someone that's trying in a way but i'm always saying i cannot you have to go to their courses to find out it's not what i'm teaching here i'm teaching here and i can tell you why the the pros and cons what i'm teaching but you have to go uh, to the other dogs to know schools. why uh, they're doing what they're doing yes every has a question or a comment more yeah sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. yeah sorry no read the, you can read. <laughs> okay sometimes it helps when we ask people how they feel when they are doing something and this makes them realize some things it helps owning their choices yes that's right well, a good way to put it. So how is the best way to teach someone to be a good dog trainer for their dog? That's the one thing if I is asked that question and in and have to say is that there's no black and white there's That's nothing that that's a boring answer, Joe. Yes, yes, I know. But but the worst thing is, and we are talking, and it's it's more important to emphasize when you have two individuals. We have the dog. There's no two, not two dogs. There's like, yeah, there there are a lot of difference in each dog, and the same with the owners. It's two unique individuals. And you have to take this in consideration. So if you are, if you want to be a good dog trainer, you're not trying to put them in boxes and say that's how they are. Uh, everybody are. If you've got a good dog trainer, you're trying trying to take look at the world from their perspective. Yeah in trying to reach out and meet them where they are. Yeah, which leads me to another question, which is kind of le a leading question, but so the learning goals, <clears throat> the learning goals cannot be the same for each um, person and dog. Uh, I will nearly say, I will nearly say it's, it depends. Uh, let's say, um, you can have the same goal uh, for a whole course. It's all totally fine. Let's say on this course, everybody have the same learning goals, but the way to the learning goals has to be different yeah. and adapted to each one. So, and that's, uh, that's a whole other discussion where you can discuss uh, is competition good? Yes, competition could be good to motivation and, and keep up the learning tempo. Mm -hmm. But you, it can also be very bad if it's used wrong. But how about those uh, persons? I've, yeah, well, I've had a few that I didn't have the time enough, I would say. I think we might have been able to help these people 
if we had more time. Yeah. Uh, but an example is uh, many years ago, I remember this very, very nice, kind lady. He really wanted to do everything uh, for her dog, but she just, she had a kind of body language which made it very, very difficult for her. Her movements and everything, it was very difficult for her to, um, she had a very stressed dog and the way she was constantly leaning over the dog and, and her very quick movements <clears throat> made everything a lot more difficult. And this was a <clears throat> just a regular course for an adolescent dog, young dogs. Mm. Uh, so I decided to change my uh, learning goals for that woman on that yes. particular course. I realized that she would never be able to do certain things uh, in a very good way during this course. Is that right to, to think that way as well? Yes, uh, that's a very good way to do it, to, to adapt. Um, and and you have to do some kind of adapt uh, adapt to the situation there. And I was thinking of more than one solution. Maybe you could, yeah, you can do as you changing the, the goals. And that's easy to do in a dog course like this where you are, you are putting up the goals where you don't have a, some kind of the authority that is giving the go to this course. So like a, in a public school or something like that. Yeah. You cannot change the goal in the same way. There you have to find another way to do it. But if you can change the goals in giving, it's okay. Yeah, it's perfect. But you also have to change the expectations in the dog owner. Yeah. Yes. So they don't expect to reaching the same goals. There, then you you probably will get some complaints and so on and an unsatisfied mm -hmm. customer in the, afterwards. Uh, a follow-up question about that. So, um, is it right to say that you can still be a dog, a very good dog trainer, even though not every participant on your course reached the goals that you necessarily decide before the, the course or the activity starts? Of course, we all have had some, uh, have teach someone something where they didn't reach the goals. Because a lot of people think that that's the teacher's problem. Yes. And and actually that's the one of the things um, and you can relate it in the same way to to um, when you did uh, beforehand while you, you did all the, um, the the personality test and so on there everybody could say yeah but, but I can't do anything about it that's my personality mm -hmm. can you see the individual is taking, putting distance between them, their actions in themselves. So they are not responsible, have any responsibility yeah, yeah. for their, their behavior. And because it's their, their personality. And that's, uh, today you can see that you have to take the per, a personal responsibility for your learning as well as the teacher. But the teacher has also a big responsibility to giving 
and empower the student to do that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, and that's why we are trying here is to empower the students to take their responsibility to their own learning. So when do you start? Well, this is kind of leading questions again, but I think it's an important topic as well. Also for the confidence for, for us, for the, for the dog trainers. So we just established that everyone will get participants that cannot do or reach the goals that you set out yes. um, to give them. Um, when would you have to start to look at your own personality and your own teaching methods? Every time, all the time, <laughs> because, because was, it, was it Einstein, I think that said, if you are doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So if the student is not getting what you are, you have to take as a teacher, we, you have an equal responsibility in a teaching situation. The recipient, the, the student have a, a responsibility to, to, to try to understand and be open and, and so on. And the teacher has a responsibility to try different. Uh, if, if yeah, I'm explaining something to you, I have to, if you don't understand it, it's my responsibility to try to explain it in another way. To, to try to find another teaching way to, to show it. Yeah, I have to draw it or show you a movie or, yeah. Not Everything. necessarily repeating yourself over and over again, the same thing. You have to find different mm. ways. Instead yes. of telling or talking, you might have to show. Yes. Yeah. You can say it's the same way as if you're coming to a house you know there is a front door and a back door and you have to go in to pick something up and the front door is locked. Before you start kicking on the front door to kick it up, you try to go around and see if the back door is unlocked. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the same thing. Try other ways. Good idea, I never did that. No, <laughs> I never had a back door actually. You yeah. always kick your door off. <laughs> I never had a back door. <laughs> okay. Um, and later in the course, uh, in level three, we will talk about how we can assess ourselves and our work. We're not going to talk about that yet, are we? No, no, no. A little bit too early. Yeah. Because yeah. we, yeah. Yeah. We really need to, like I, I said in my introduction for this unit as well, I personally, I believe that we we can get close to perfect by the doing something in a very good way, but we should always strive to be better. Yes, and yes. the way of doing that is to assess what we're doing. Yes, and one other thing with that, uh, I would say is that I haven't addressed that uh, on a, um, until now, but it's very important to say what we are teaching here in the classes is in a controlled environment. And here we can expect both as a student and as a teacher 
as near as possible a 100% solution. Mm -hmm. But out in the real world, and even in schools, teaching settings, when we are taking real dogs and real dog owners in, we will we cannot expect to get a 100% solution no. because there is so much unknown. There are so many factors we don't have control over. So we cannot do a 100% solution. There will always be room for improvement. Yeah. Yes. And that's very important to acknowledge that you cannot, as a student, expect to go out of the classroom, out of the training, and do 100%. No, no, of course not. No, no, but yes, it is, of course, but it's it actually, uh, there's a lot of students that is expecting. And yeah, in the real world, not on only on dark courses, but other places that when you go out of the school, what is expected of me as a new, newly educated dog trainer, everybody is expecting 100% solutions. Yeah, but true. you cannot perform that. Uh, so your expectation to yourself has to be realistic that yeah, maybe in the beginning, I'm only it's possible to make 60% solution in the beginning, but when you are starting a, a course or activity, you can start with a 60% solution yeah. and you can work your way so it, it ends out with an 80% solution. That's the big number of business, isn't it? 80%. Yes. It is. Okay. So um, we've been talking for 40 minutes already. Yes. Uh, are there any more questions from you who are might be listening? I see there's a few people on. I don't know if they're actually listening or just no. hold on. Um, we'll do the same thing next Friday at two o'clock. Yes. Have a little podcast. Um, there we are going to talk about puppies. Yeah. Sarah is listening and is, <laughs> she says it was very interesting. Thank you. So Jonas, to sum up. Yes. Is it possible even to sum up something so complex like this? How do we teach others to be good teachers? I think if you have a conscious relation to that, that when you're a dog trainer, you, you have two individuals you have to teach it like a group. What What do you mean? Yeah, that that you know that you have a dog, that you have, you cannot use it. Uh, you cannot use the same methods as if you're teaching one to one. Yeah, yeah, that you yeah. are actually teaching a group. You're teaching teaching two individuals. You're teaching yes, both exactly. dog and the dog yes. owner. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. So that's why, again, I say it's so important to know a lot about the behavior of dogs and the human. Yes. Then you're better off uh, trying to make the 60 and 80%. Yes. And, and, and a, a one, a little advice is in the situation, in the beginning as a new dog trainer, your mental capacity is filled up when you go in the first time you're doing it. So 
make if you a, a little tool make up this decision is where is the main effort going to be put on focus on the owner or focus on the dog mm -hmm. in the beginning then you it will go on then you are you get your own confidence up and you there will your mental capacity is freed up as well and you can start focusing on both but take us a a, a, a a choice in this session i'm just observing and focusing on what the dog is doing or in this session i'm focusing on what the owner is doing and then give the feedback yeah. because it can be very hard in the beginning to do both so uh, Elina just asked if you could repeat when we will hear about puppies and that's uh, we'll have the podcast next Friday at two o'clock and the topic is puppies but I don't I haven't decided what I'm going this these podcasts just to make this clear Jonas this is just an informal chat about whatever we are doing uh, at the time at, on level three so all lectures about puppies it, you don't the point is that you don't have to listen to the podcast to get all the information. It's additional information in the podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. But we'll talk about puppies. So if you have any questions for the podcast about puppies, you can uh, tell us. Um, also, uh, no, I forgot what to say. Uh, Silke is writing... Um, one of my creators is teaching. Oh, yeah. I'm not very good in Latin. Is it Latin? Yes. Yeah. Uh, or Greek. Uh, I'm not sure. Right. But uh, Robert is will the podcast be available in Simpleo as well? Uh, we will put the link out. Uh, I can put it in Simpleo as well. I will put uh, as I did last time in each of your groups on uh, teams. In teams, there will be uh, a link, and you can if you follow the link, you can listen on in the podcast on every platform. It can be Spotify, Apple Podcast, and so on. It will come up. Uh, so, you need to repeat I, that from. You you need to repeat that because I didn't get it, uh, Jonas. I didn't get it. The podcast will be in each group. You post it in each group on yes. Teams, yes. and it will not be on Simplero. It will be on Teams. Yeah, I I can put the link in Simplero as well. It's no problem for me if I do. I can do that if you want. Uh, but I will put it in each group, uh, each group chat. There will be a link to the to the podcast. So Silke is translating her Latin, uh, doubting, thinking, and reflecting, getting better. Yeah. Yep. We echo. Yes. Welcome back to podcast uh, for level three. Do you want to say anything, Lisbeth? Um, no, I want to ask you, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, you was writing in the program for today. Jonas and Lisbeth has a live podcast in Zoom about how to teach two individuals, dog and their owner. 
Yes. We're picking yes. up on what we were talking about last time. The yes. fact that we're not only teaching one person, we are actually teaching um, the dog owner and the dog. Right? Yes. Yes. That's right. So, 